This is the Game Changers Experience. Deep dive conversations with leading business disruptors, Olympic athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world. This show will teach you insights about the winning principles in mindset, productivity, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, business strategy, and more. Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Changers Experience podcast with myself, Adam Strong. Uh, today, we have a very fun, packed show. As always, um, I have someone on the show today. His name is Jay Fissette. He is from Canada. And Jay's background has been uh, an entrepreneur for about the best part, best part, about 30 years. Made a decision to build an online business around 10 years ago and kind of dipped his toe and decided you know what, I, I kind of like this lifestyle and made the decision to create a course for coaches, authors, and industry influencers uh, on how to essentially build their own online masterminds and went from zero to $2.6 million in 14 months, which was a pretty amazing accomplishment. He's a best-selling author. He loves his fun, health, and fitness. And just want to welcome to the show, Mr. Jay Fissett. Hey, thank you so much, Adam. I appreciate you having me. I'm looking forward to this. Absolutely. So, you know, I know we know each other pretty well. Um, and, and I think the reason why we, we do these types of things is purely because, you know, uh, I mean, I've been running my business for quite some time and you've been uh, an experienced entrepreneur and that kind of stuff. And what I love about your ethos about life is that if it doesn't have the word fun in it, you shouldn't be doing it. Would I, would you, would I agree? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, it's, it's interesting because uh, my, my core brand, which is called JVology, the perfect mix of mm -hmm. people, fun and profit. And I always say in that order um, is if we can take care of the people first, if we can contextually frame it as fun, which doesn't, how do I put this? Um, which doesn't always mean frivolity. It's not, it's not fun at the expense of creation. It's not fun at the expense of connection. It is embedding experiences of joy, fun, um, humor, entertainment into everything. And when those two things line up, profit happens pretty naturally. Yeah. So, um, you know, the answer to your question is yes, but I don't want people at home to think it's like, oh, he's just a frivolous partier and occasionally does a job. That's not what I mean. I mean about integrating it together. And, um, and I think that's, you know, those are the people that I love working with the most. Those are the people that, yeah. that in the midst of a, you know, sometimes a 16 or 18 hour day, which most people go, oh my God, I'm stressed. We're still giggling, having fun and teasing one another. Absolutely. And, um, so there's a way for it to go together. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting because I know that some of our listeners who are entrepreneurs and some are business owners, but some of them are what I call wannapreneurs that may be in a job, which they detest and it's, they suck and, and, and they're like, they want to move into entrepreneurship and, and that kind of stuff. Actually, I think the best thing to do is to actually start with your, from the very beginning, because I know that when you made that transition into the online space, because I know that lots of people are doing what they're, they're still kind of trying to find their feet with the online space right now. Wow. Especially if they, do you know what I mean? And, and a lot of people right now are still, because they're in these learning infancy stages of trying to build an online business and not being able to understand systems and so. But tell us a little bit about how you kind of cracked the code, I suppose, and realizing, you know what, building an online business is the way to go. 
Well, that's, uh, so I, I probably came at it a very, very different way. And I'll, and I'll just give chapter titles. And if you want to ask more specific questions about any of that, you just guide me. Um, so the, the thing is, I was a bricks and mortar entrepreneur um, pretty much since the beginning. And, and honest to goodness, you know, you said about 30 years, but the truth is like, I bought my first bicycle, my first motorcycle and my first car as, you know, uh, as a young man and teenager through entrepreneurial ventures. So it's sort of, you know, where I grew up is like, if you wanted something, you better figure out a way to get it because we ain't buying it for you. Right. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, which by the way, is not entirely true. It was always, as long as I demonstrated and I did the initial work, if I got myself like two thirds or three quarters of the way there, my parents always made it whole. But mm-hmm. if I didn't get myself that far, it was, it was a non-starter. So anyway, the... I, I was a very bricks and mortar entrepreneur. I ran a personal development company called Personal Best Seminars. Uh, we had a physical location, like a, a 11,000 square foot brick building that we had our uh, three classrooms in, yoga studio, coffee shop. Like, like it, so we had this very physical space. And over the span of about 25 or 30 years, we put 40,000 people physically in that space um, taking courses and usually at somewhere between a 30 and a 65 number of people in a, in a particular classroom. Mm-hmm. And the truth is I truly loved, loved, loved that business. We changed people's lives. It was fantastic and amazing. Um, all was good. But, you know, by the time that thing scaled is that we were doing those, those events in three slash four different cities in Western Canada. Um, we were in any given year doing somewhere between 180 to 270 events a year, often overlapping in three different cities at the same time. Wow. Exactly. So that's crazy. Imagine doing that for 25 plus years. And then it's like, son of a, you know what, this is, <laughs> this is, this is a little, this is a little bit hard. And while all that's going on, the, the, and I've always been a bit of a techno, techno geek. So, I mean, we produced our own television show. We had one of the first non-linear avid editors. We had an infomercial. We, like, we did a bunch of, like, we were sort of, I would call it a leading edge in technology. Right. Um, and then I began to get seduced by a couple of emails coming through and saying, it's like, hey, you could stay at home, wear your fuzzy slippers and drink coffee and send some emails <laughs> and, and still make millions of dollars. And after, you know, over a quarter century of working like a freaking madman, it was like, that sounds good. Um, so um, I sold my building. I let a bunch of my, my staff go. And I said, we're going to reinvent this thing in an online manner. And here's, here's the key thing that I, I want people to hear is that, you know, on, on the one side of it is like, yes, we went from zero to $2.6 million in 14 months. But what's left out of that story is that I struggled for three and a half years trying to take what worked so well for me face-to-face, heart-to-heart, belly-to-belly with human beings into the online world. But did you, did you, sorry to interrupt, but did you, um, I was going to say to you, did you not do any like, I I guess, due diligence or market research before you made that transition? Or did you just decide and go cold turkey? The latter. Oh. Oh. And and in fact, here's my ignorance um, displayed far too clearly, which is, I was quite sure that I could take what I had done so well in person Mm. and map it online. Mm. And in fact, much of the original advice that I got at the beginning of the process, I ignored because I didn't like how digital marketing worked. I thought that it was inauthentic. I thought it was a bunch of manipulative bullshit. I thought that it was pandering to the lowest common denominator. I, 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 I could write a book on what I judged to be the stupidity of digital marketing. 
and how um, there had to be a community of higher thinkers, more motivated by contribution and creation than fear and scarcity. Three and a half years later, I would retract all of those thoughts. <laughs> but I had, but I had to burn through all of my money and uh, and rack up a bunch of debt before I was willing to actually say, "Wait a second, this is a different medium. This is a different audience. This is a different purpose. This all, this is a different game. Yeah. And I can't take what I mastered so well in person and try and." you know, superimpose that upon the digital world. It's yeah. just not how it goes. Yeah. And I have an ex I have a penchant for expensive lessons, Adam, and that is one of my more expensive lessons in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, a, that's, a, that's, I love that honesty. And, you know, cause I just see so many people struggling right now. And, and I, I, in a way it's either sheer ignorance, like you've just highlighted, or just kind of I'm going to try to wait it out a little bit longer and see if normality comes back to normal, whatever normality looks like, of course. But um, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just, it's, I just find that fascinating. Uh, you know, when you kind of saw the advert of, or saw the email of, oh, let's wear fuzzy slippers and build an online business. I just, was it, was it kind of instant gratification that kind of attracted you and you thought, oh, you know what, that's interesting. No, I don't think it was instant gratification at all. That, that has never been my, my mode. It, it was that um, I had given myself, and, and just to be clear, at that stage of the game, I'd have been early 40s. Mm -hmm. I went to work for this organization um, as a late teenager. Okay. So, the in, mm -hmm. so my entire business, entrepreneurial, and creative career had been in this one arena doing this one thing and and in that world, um, we were doing really quite well. Like we were strong seven figures, you know, all those sorts of things, which in the personal development space is, is a bit of a freaking magic trick to be frank. Is, yeah. um, but the honest God truth Adam is I was tired. And what I was looking for was a way to magnify my reach, limit my work, stop my travel and sort of monetize slash, um, the, the foundation that we had built, you know, at that stage of the game, we had 18 different weekend programs. Wow. And it was like, how do we turn those things? Uh, how do we turn those things into something else? Mm. Um, I had just finished writing my book, reframe your blame, how to be personally accountable. That was, had become a Canadian bestseller. And it's like, okay, there's, there's a leverage component that is different than me standing in front of a room of 30, 50, a hundred people that I must get to. And it sounded easier than what I was doing. Cause I was working like a madman. Right. Very interesting. So your uh, business now all around joint ventures, partnerships, that kind of stuff, which I love JDology, which is your business, which is, I, I find absolutely fascinating. And I guess because we are, most of us are actually working on the online space now more than anything else. I guess my, my, my big question is, is that you've probably seen you probably see, you know, a lot of the mistakes and a lot of what I call self-sabotaging habits that a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners make with regards to, I don't know, the right approach mm -hmm. in, in, I suppose, going after your ideal, you know, joint venture or whatever it is. What do you think some of those mistakes are? What, what were some of the mistakes that you made? Oh, good Lord. This is going to be a long interview. <laughs> 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 um, Thanks, Adam. Um, I, I think some of the biggest issues in that space is we want our, our partners 
to carry too much of the work. Mm. And, and it's this whole idea of, um, if you're going to be a great partner, we want to do our very best to reduce the friction, to make it as easy as possible, right. to prove our offers ahead of time, to, to really focus on this idea of it's our job to make our JV partners look great to their tribe. It's not their job to mail our shit to their people. <laughs> okay. So, and, and those two groundings are very, very different. Because the honest God truth is, it's like, hey, you got a big list. Would you mail my stuff to you? It's like that, that approach is fundamentally flawed. And it's one of the reasons why our community, um, we indoctrinate our community to the very best of our ability. And the very first belief that we ask them to adopt is this, is a joint venture is a game of I'll go first. So a joint venture is a game of I'll go first. So how can I become relevant? How can I contribute? How can I make a difference? How can I actually move the needle to serve and support my partner? And let's be clear about this. If I am remotely interested in them, hopefully doing something with and for me, then I had best step up, stand up and do something significant and meaningful first. And if I'm unwilling to do that, then frankly, you should probably be going and figuring out Facebook ads <laughs> because the truth is you will have little or no success in this domain. And by the way, if any of you listening, if you are any of those folks that are sending unsolicited JV requests to people you don't know and they don't know you, stop wasting internet bandwidth because you are clogging up. Like there's somebody who's trying to surf porn who probably has a bigger, <laughs> more likely outcome than you do because that's ridiculous. It's all about that. Clearly enough. <laughs> But it is, what it's down to, though, it's, it's, it's all about trust, right? It's, that's down to trust and credibility. If you don't know someone, why would you want to do business with a nobody, right? Yes. and like It's just the same principles of meeting a woman or a, a girl or a guy in a bar and asking them to sleep with you within the first five minutes of meeting them is just completely ludicrous. Yes. Um, it is though. It doesn't really happen. Well, maybe a very tiny minority, but I mean, there are a small minority, but in reality, it doesn't happen, does it? No. And, and the honest to goodness truth is it's a taker's approach. Mm. You know, it's a taker's approach. And, and the truth of the matter is this, is that unless you are willing to truly genuinely give to your partner, give to your partner's community, make your partner look good, do something that moves the needle for the community, then we just shouldn't be talking about it. It's the right. honest to goodness truth. And um, just time and time again, I just see that approach coming from a taking perspective, not a contributing perspective. Yeah. And I think that is issue number one. Good point. I think yeah, you've highlighted a very good point there because and and and, so, and especially with a lot of people working online, you get so many of those, don't you? Now, and I do. You probably do, and probably get sent to my show. I get sent to my to Tivia and my PA and whatever it is. You get it all the time. It just drives you insane, man. Well, um, I, I've been I've been singing this song of stop doing that for a very long time, and and <laughs> I think that people have have watched or read enough of me to to have mainly stopped. That that said. I don't deal with those things anymore. Oh. So Michelle maybe just filters all that crap for me. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Michelle. Anyway, I was going to ask you, is there, I mean, what we haven't really talked about is, you know, the main benefits of, you know, doing, developing strong joint venture partners and how it can essentially 
grow our own businesses. And, and you've done this using the mastermind model, for example, didn't you? And mm-hmm. things like that. Could you yes. give us maybe some examples with people like some of your clients that you've uh, had some success with and, and what their story was and things? Well, certainly. I mean, the, the key piece here is that if we, if we get the approach right and we're actually contributing and connecting, we're building a whole variety of things. And one of the key elements that we're building is we are building relationship equity. Okay. So I, when we enter the space of, of joint ventures, there's a whole bunch of strategies that, that we teach. And, and maybe I should, I should just back up just for a brief moment or two. Have I got like five minutes to teach a little concept that will contextualize what I'm about to say? Sure. I'm sure that I'm sure our listeners will love that anyway. Okay. Awesome. Okay, so here, here is the thing that we do at, at JVology that is different and unique than any other joint venture community I've ever come across, any of those pieces. But it really boils down to this, is that most of us um, are just so narrowly focused upon what I have come to call our magic trick, which is this is that thing that we do for our clients, okay? So that may be I'm a, I can create a funnel, I can make an introduction, I can uh, master Facebook ads, I can coach you in your relationship, I can help you be a better parent, whatever our magic trick happens to be. Right. And the honest goodness truth is most of us are so enamored and in love with our magic trick that it's all we can see. It's all we can talk about. And it's all we are looking for in the world is like, who needs our magic trick? Who needs our magic trick? Who needs our magic trick? And it keeps us looking for clients, which this is going to sound a little bit ironic, but here's the truth of the matter, my friends. If you want to actually win at the entrepreneurial game, stop looking for clients. Because when you're looking for an individual client, you are missing an entire sea of clients and partners that could change the game for you. Okay, so first and foremost, most of us are doing this. What we ask people to do at JVology is like take three monster steps back so that instead of looking for clients, we begin to see the true client journey. Because the people that actually, you know, we used to see here is that before we recognize them as, oh, that person needs our magic trick, something or a series of events happened ahead of time, okay? And I'm going to say it in a pretty simple way is that something occurred. They took a course, they read a book, they got married, they had a kid, they moved, they bought a new car, they did whatever the hell happened. But something occurred that created the problem that we solve. Something occurred that created the problem that we solve or it diagnosed the problem that we solve. And instead of just looking for somebody that needs our magic trick, what we say is this, take three steps back. And let's begin to look for the organizations, the people, the businesses, the structures, the communities, the decisions that cause the problem that we solve. And instead of looking for one client at a time, let's go build a relationship with that organization, with that person that frankly creates the problem we solve. And it's like, hey, look, buddy, you know what? You actually do this thing that uh, you know, helps entrepreneurs get started. And then they have this problem. They don't have enough clients. And they don't know how to generate a lead. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I know that. It happens all the time. I certify them as coaches. And then they go off and they starve to death. It's like, I understand that. So if you'd like to actually do a better service to your clients than setting them up for starvation, why don't you say to them, by the way, I could introduce you to Jay at JVology that helps build business systems that create a steady stream of free leads. Would that be interesting to you? So instead of looking for one client, I now have organizations 
coach certification schools, other uh, entrepreneurial training programs, all the rest of it, that when, when they're set up, it's like, okay, now let's help you get eyeballs, traffic and leads. I'm going to introduce you to Jay. So that whole thing right there changes what, you know, most entrepreneurs, by the way, in, in, L, um, in America, in the United States, as I'm Canadian, but in America, the <laughs> research from last year was that almost three quarters of all businesses full-time and part-time, make less than $100,000 a year. I believe it. Now, I don't know how you make a living on that, to be perfectly frank. Uh, Canada and taxes. Maybe in the U.S. you can make that work. But in Canada and taxes, it's like you're going to be a skinny fo- You're going to be a skinny fellow. Um, but, but the reason, in my humble opinion, that most of them are struggling there is that they're still looking for this one client. If we can take three steps back and actually build a relationship with somebody that creates the problem that we solve – that is instantly a quarter million dollars, half million dollars. That is how we went from zero to $2.6 million US, which if you translate that to Canadian, I was momentarily a billionaire um, <laughs> in 14 months. That's the key to mastering lead flow. So one last part to that, so that in terms of the teaching. So the other part is to tell the truth that with every solution that we have, we create a whole nother litany of problems. And if we're going to serve our clients better and take better care of their real problems in terms of the entire client journey, not just this part, the entire client journey, then we also set up relationships with, oh, and by the way, now that you want to do joint ventures, you probably need some bit of CRM. You probably need a link tracking process. You probably need some strategy and technology. And let me introduce you to a whole bunch of folks that I, knew do, I know do stunning work in that domain. So we just, we care more about the client. And instead of becoming this service provider, which is what happens when we're just serving one client at a time, we become a trusted advisor that helps people solve their problems, including the one we do, but a whole bunch of the ones that we don't, but we still make money, contribute value and create momentum for our clients. Okay, teaching component done. But that, that's the big, that's, that's the idea. If we can get the upstream and the downstream working, 10 partners upstream, 10 partners downstream that really work, that will add a zero to your profit. If you're making 10,000 bucks, you make 100,000 bucks. If you're making 100,000 bucks, you make a million bucks. And that is not marketing hyperbole. That is real examples of people in our community. Very cool. That's very good. And I think it was, Dave, you've given some great, great examples there. Um, I was going to ask you, actually, is there, um, is there a particular mindset or, I suppose, attitude that we've got to develop when it comes to approaching joint ventures or whatever it is because you've already highlighted the fact that people going with the going with the you know what's in it for me type of thing you know kind of i'll I'll be the taker type thing but is there a Mm -hmm. is there a particular when it comes to your own clients do you teach them a particular attitude or a particular thing that you that people can go away and they're like huh food for thought there i need to go away and do this Yes. Um, with the upstream downstream model is certainly one of the core drivers to that. And then the attitude on top of that is uh, JV is a partner of go first. So with every single one of the people that land on our upstream and our downstream, we do not go and say, Hey, would you send me your clients? <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we go and we do sp- particular research about what will move the needle for that partner. What will build a relationship? What will endear us to them? What can we do that makes them look great? So, yeah. for example, um, here's, a little, here's a little tidbit and a hint. If any of you are looking for what I'm going to call whales in your industry, okay? Um, and by the way, this is, 
I'm going to cycle back to this, but I'll, I'll say this first. Okay. But if you're looking for a whale in your industry and you want to be seen and recognized, here's a couple of simple tidbits. Write a blog post about them, link to their pages, make them look great. Almost every player of decent size has a Google alert for their name. And all of a sudden, what happens is you've been trying to reach Bob, you've been trying to reach Bob, you've been trying to reach Bob, you just write about Bob. Bob actually gets an email from Google that says, hey, you were mentioned in such and such, which they then go look at and read. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, Adam wrote a very uh, cool article about me. Adam even shared a link to buy my book. That was really nice of him. Adam even sent people to my website where I pixeled them. Adam's actually working for me and I don't even know who the hell Adam is. <laughs> so. That, that would be an example of contributing and, and becoming seen by somebody whom you're trying to build a relationship with. That would be an example of going first. So the next piece to that, the, the subset to that is we're better together. And, and this is a, you know, I, I, I got to go on a sidebar here for a moment. I love entrepreneurs. I love entrepreneurs because of their independent, courageous nature damn it, I'm going to go find a way in the world and I'm going to create value. And I'm going to say, I will figure this damn thing out. Like there's nothing more attractive in a human being than that to me. Okay. Love it. But I also know this fundamental truth from, you know, 35 years in personal development world is that for most of us as human beings, our greatest weakness is nothing more than our strengths turned up too loud. Mm. So our greatest weakness is nothing more than our strengths turned up too loud. So in the world of entrepreneurship, how that turns out is it's that independent flair. It is that I can make it happen turned up too loud becomes isolation, becomes reinventing the wheel, becomes, um, let's just call it me focused. But what happens is that we end up wasting time energy, resources in the name of independence, and I'll do it my way, that is, um, well, frankly, it's God awful is what it is. So the, the next belief that we hold in our community is we're better together and that we've got to, to, number one, take the benefit of independence and our courage and meld that with interdependence so that we can actually build the relationships and, and gather the resources so that we can, number one, grow our business incredibly powerfully and strategically, and we do a better job for our clients. So I'm going to weave all those things together. So the upstream downstream model. So we begin to understand that, wait a second, I don't want to talk to anybody about my magic trick unless they already know they need it. That's what a great JV partner does. It says, Hey, you got this problem. Meet Jay. He solves it. Those are the only people I want to talk to. I don't have enough time to talk to anybody else. So that's part number one in terms of serving and supporting the partner to get them to do that. I said, I want to do something meaningful for them. I want to become relevant. I want to, I want to shift the needle and I want to create results for them in advance. And if I'm unwilling to do that, again, go master Facebook ads. Because, you know, Lord knows Zuckerberg needs a little extra cash to send his kids to university because <laughs> they're going to be in trouble. Um, <laughs> and then the, the third part to this that sort of wraps around all of those is this idea of we're better together and how do we utilize interdependence for the benefit of us, our partners, and both of our communities? Nice. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Makes complete sense to me. Well, 
It does make sense to me. I was going to say there was another question actually off the tip of my tongue, which I've completely lost, which is really annoying. But what are you working on right now? I'd love to, because I know that we kind of had a bit of a conversation offline and you've got some things that's going on, which, which is really intriguing that I love because I think one of the things that's really frustrating with, with a lot of entrepreneurs, wannapreneurs, people that are furloughed and whatever it might be is that they're kind of, I don't know, they're kind of zoomed out. <laughs> do you know what I mean? They're zoomed out. They're like, they're like, oh, not, not another one of those. Oh no, what are those? Oh, how am I going to approach this person? Oh no, not another online thing. And it's kind of, in a way, you know, not. I was going to say, is that because everyone is working from online right now in the online space and, and things like that? from my perspective, I get the impression that some people are getting a little bit fed up and it's like, Oh, you know, I give up too easily and, and things like that. Especially when, you know, especially if you want to, if I wanted to go after you as a joint venture partner, mm-hmm. right. And I have approached maybe 10 or 20 or 50 people and I still got like no responses. When is there a time to give up? Right. And where's the time to throw the towel in? Is there ever time to throw in? Well, that's so, a big, big question. <laughs> it, it really, really is. And, and I'll, um, so, so I was actually just uh, this morning in a meeting with our global lounge show. So, so I'm going to answer the first. So two of the things I've got coming up that are, um, I'm incredibly excited about is number one, we are building a software platform driven by artificial intelligence to actually facilitate this upstream downstream model, keep track of the people that we want to build relationships with and stay at the forefront of making a positive difference in their life and in their world. And I genuinely believe that that bit of technology, um, and it includes an LMS system that that bit of technology using AI will recommend what people need to learn to fulfill their goals. So I, I think we're going to put a dent in the entrepreneurial universe and it's going to mirror everything that we teach in our JVology live. So we've got a live event coming up as well that three and a half days, 250 people do JVs and leave with more partners than you can deal with in, in a year, which that's part of this answer. Um, so we were having this conversation about, um, they've got a particular goal about the number of people that's gonna uh, that they are to bring to JVology Live, and some of them are getting a little antsy. It's like, well, I made my list, and then Bob said that he wasn't interested, and it's like I'm 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 feeling scarcity, and I've like, how do I change his mind and all sorts of things? And my answer is, you don't. So if and this is this is please here, just my my judgment, but it's it's also my lived experience. Right, is that. When you master joint ventures properly, there is such an abundance of lead flow that you don't have to chase anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, the honest God truth, if I lived to be 350 years old and I did Zooms eight hours a day, I still couldn't talk to everybody that wants to talk to me now, let alone everything that I'm going to create in the next 25 years of my life. It is because I shifted from being a service provider to a trusted advisor, and I have a lineup of people requesting my time and wanting to do stuff with me. Mm. And then the, the scale changes, which is it's like, you know what? If you want to have an experience of me, the only way that's really going to work is for you to come to JVology Live for three and a half days, get a sense of who we are, what we do, all those things, because I don't have time to talk to you about it. And there's a lineup of 700 people that are asking for my time. So anyway, that's a long way of saying this is that I believe when you master what we're talking about, upstream, downstream, 
making a monumental difference, contributing, making a partner look good, is that you will never be in a position where your lead flow is so terrible. And that's, that's what that means, gang. If you're chasing somebody like that, you have shitty, terrible, god-awful, bad lead flow that you must fix or go to work somewhere else. Mm. Like I, I, I can't say that clearer. Yeah. Um, so don't chase. Figure out how to get a steady stream of leads. Figure out a filtering system that works based on the lifestyle that you want, the dollar figure you want to make, and how you want to live your life. And you design a system for that. Mm. Good Lord, life's too short to chase people who aren't paying attention. I, t- I completely agree. Now, some of our listeners are, some of them are experienced business owners and entrepreneurs. And some of them are actually looking to make a transition from maybe a corporate world or a conventional J-O-B into the entrepreneurial world um, in which, hmm, when would the joint venture, I suppose, approach come in, especially if they're just starting out? I mean, they've, they've probably got about a billion ideas right now and thinking, oh my God, it gets so overwhelmed with so many different advice or whatever it is. Is there a particular time where you think, do you know what? Joint ventures is the time you've got this product, whatever it is. Any, uh, any advice there? That, that's a brilliant question, by the way. And, um, oh boy, I'll <laughs> tell you the number one, the number one, uh, consideration that we get about people participating in our community is this phrase. This sounds outstanding, but I'm not ready yet. Okay. So a couple of things about that is that I'm not ready yet means that I haven't landed on my product service experience. It means that my book isn't done. My digital program isn't done. My website isn't done. My opt-in page isn't done. My CRM isn't done. Any of those sorts of things. And um, what I'm about to say People don't hear, generally speaking, but I'll say it anyway. (laughs) None of that matters. What joint ventures rely on is this thing called relationships. And you must build the relationship before you want to use it to distribute your product, service, and experience. The thing that people do wrong outside of, hey, mail my crap, is this is that they go hide in their basement, designing their program, writing their book, putting their stuff together. And then, you know, nine months later, they come up uh, out into the world. It's like, ta-da, I'm done. Mail my shit. It's going to be fantastic. It's the best changing belief thing that's ever been built in the history of the world. Nobody else has thought of any of these things. You should do it now. The world said this. I don't know who you are. I don't care about you or what you did. We've been up here building these things called relationships, and I have a lineup of 700 people who I like, care about, and know that I'm going to serve first. Yeah. So that's a terrible, an abrupt example, but here's the truth of it, is that you must nurture and build the relationships, please hear this, before you want them to do anything for you. So I'll give you just a tangible example of this. Cool. So... I run my personal development company for the better part of a quarter century. It's a closed system. We don't do JVs. We don't have anybody else on our stage. We don't do sponsorships and none of those things. People would literally train for three years to become qualified to lead one of those courses. That's it. Closed system. I get invited to a, a, a joint venture mastermind and I go there and honest goodness, Adam, I don't have a clue what's going on there. 
<laughs> I, the, the best way I can describe it is that I felt like I was blindfolded in a dark room feeling around for a light switch. Like I, I was clueless, utterly clueless. And by the end of that first weekend, and by the way, I was baffled by it. It's like, here, here I am in Canada operating live events simultaneously in three different cities. I've got 18 different things, you know, all the rest of it. And it's like, I'm doing about 2.6, $2.7 million Canadian a year. Right. And I said, I sit down beside somebody who I say, so, you know, tell me what you do and all the rest. And she goes, well, you know, I've got an 18 page PDF and I do about 1.3 million us a year. You've got an 18 page who, what? <laughs> like that doesn't even make sense. Like, and I remember in my head having this huge judgment, it's like, how is it possible that these one note tunes are doing millions of dollars and I can't give my crap away online. I can't, I couldn't get anybody to take it for free. And she's doing 1.3 on an 18 page PDF for crying out loud. Crazy. It is. So here's what transpired though. It was clear to me in those three days that I didn't know what I didn't know. I was just utterly and completely clueless. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I spent an entire year supporting the people in the room who I understood what their magic trick was. And I understood how it would serve and support my existing clients. And I quite literally, I would go as far as to take a client of mine for lunch to talk to them about somebody else's program, say, I think this would make a difference for you. So it's a bit like working for free just to kind of learn from them, which I, I highly endorsed. I highly endorse, by the way, because you've given a great example. And I know that a lot of people were like, yeah, but I need to get paid to pay bills. I'm like, this stuff is worth millions of dollars. It could shortcut your success. Are you crazy? Yes, it's, it's short. It's, so I, I just for a year went and did that. Wow. Now, when I say to you, we went from zero to 2.6 in 14 months, zero meaning that that brand didn't even exist. The brand Mastermind to Millions did not exist. It was an internal training program that I trained my coaches, my facilitators, my trainers to do to support people after the personal development program. So we, we've been leading masterminds for literally 25 years. And I've been training people doing it for 25 years, but only those people that worked for me. So what happened was we went through this entire process. And then finally, it was like, people want to know how to do this. Like, well, I got this training program. So we released it and it went from zero to that. And, but here's the, here's the truth is that it really wasn't 14 months. It was 14 months from the inception of the program. What really made the difference was the 12 to 18 months ahead of that, that I built relationships with all of these other people. I sent them traffic. I solved their problems. I showed up on their leaderboards. I did things that made it relevant and made me relevant. And then when Mastermind to Millions became something, they were all like, hey, how can I help? Yeah. That's what happened. You did the groundwork before you put it in the heart, before you created it. Yes. Got it. So the short answer to your question is the time to start JVs is now. Even if you don't have anything to sell, you get really clear about the people you believe in. You get really clear about the relationships you want to build. And you get really clear about how are you going to strengthen those relationships before you come upstairs and go, ta-da. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, listen, guys, I hope that you've enjoyed our conversations because th listen, this, th some of the things that Jay's teaching you are just life lessons, right? Of all the common mistakes that a lot of entrepreneurs are making, still currently making. And I don't care if you're an experienced entrepreneur, you've been doing it for 25 years or a business owner, or you're just beginning to start out. The fundamentals do not change. So um, Jay, just want to say thank you so much for being on the show today. My pleasure, Adam. And, and I, as, as always, I, I love hanging out with you. And it's always a great conversation. We always have a chuckle.
We do. We always have a chuckle. Guys, listen, hope that you've enjoyed today. Um, I was going to say, and feel free to uh, hit uh, Jay up with any questions. But what's the best way to, for them to connect with you? The best way to connect with me is most likely on, uh, well, you're, you're going to put a link below for, I think, uh, what one of our freebies, like the, the joint yep. venture checklist or something like that. That's yep. probably the best way. You can also find me on Facebook. I'm, I'm usually hanging around there. Um, and, and that's probably the best way. Cool. And if you do connect with uh, Jay on social media, guys, just mention me, Adam Strong, and the Game Changers Experience podcast. So he knows exactly that you're not just some weird stranger that you, he actually knows where you've come from <laughs> or some stalker I, or whatever. I do enjoy weird strangers, however. <laughs> <laughs> or just some weird guy on, on, the, on, on the street corner or whatever it is, or whatever well, you're into. Um, <laughs> let, let, can we just talk about that, that checklist, by the way, for, for a brief sure. moment? Sure, absolutely. So, so here's the thing I want for those of you that are trying to figure this out. This is a 40 uh, point checklist of when you are being somebody's partner. So most of you are going to start being somebody's partner. So these are the 40 things that you should look for to make sure that you're a great partner. It doesn't mean all 40 apply depending on circumstances. Sometimes it's four, sometimes it's 24, sometimes it's 40. Um, but it will, it will outline that process to you. And on the other side of it, it'll tell you what you need to have ready mm-hmm. when you're asking people to really go to the plate for you. And, and those two pieces together are incredibly meaningful and um and and it's think of it as a recipe book not as a checklist it's the right this is what i need to do this is how much i'm going to put in this is when i'm going to do it this is how i'm going to do it so guys listen uh jay is basically giving you the bible i suppose or the instruction manual about how to essentially start your joint venture partners um i don't know why you wouldn't want to do it just click on the link below and uh, make sure that you use that just want to say thank you again jay uh i hope you've enjoyed the show i've enjoyed having you we always have fun and bubbles and stuff like that so guys listen uh hit up with jay on facebook and uh and also click on the link below hope you've enjoyed today's show and make sure that you uh make we look forward to seeing you on the next show we'll see you soon have a fantastic day week month whenever you are take care see you soon bye-bye okay. bye-bye hey you guys i just want to say thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the game changers experience i hope that you got some amazing value some great insights and golden nuggets that you can implement into your business straight away. I would really, really appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review on the button below. Have a fantastic day, and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care.